I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Orchard Therapeutics, a London-based gene therapy company with facilities in the United States, unveiled itself in May with $30 million in funding. The company is developing gene therapies to treat rare diseases involving metabolic disorders and immune deficiencies. Orchard uses a patient's own hematopoietic stem cells, which are modified with a functioning copy of the missing or faulty gene before being transplanted back into the patient's body. We spoke to Andrea Sprezzi, Chief Medical Officer for Orchard, about the company, its approach to gene therapy, and how it's addressing the challenges of bringing such treatments to market. The interview was recorded at the 2016 Bio-International Convention, so please excuse the background noise. Andrea, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Orchard Therapeutics has just launched with a more than $30 million in financing year, focused on developing gene therapy for life-threatening orphan diseases. Let's start with your approach. You're modifying a patient's hemopoietic stem cells to correct the genetic deficiency and then transplanting them back into the patient. How does that differ from what other gene therapy companies are doing? Well, this is, as you said, autologous ex vivo gene therapy. So basically we are using patients' own cells that are taken from the bone marrow or the peripheral blood and are transduced in the lab with a lentivirus vector, which is the one that we use in our company, and then goes into a process and is put in a bag that comes back to the patient and is infused at the bedside by IV infusion or a central line and is distributed through the body. So it's a very simple process, is minimal invasive and prevents of um, any type of uh, graft versus host disease because these are patients' own cells. And uh, the fact that the cells are distributed through the body, it means that, theoretically speaking, it could correct the defect throughout the body. So your lead therapeutic candidate is for ADA skids. What, what is ADA skid, and, and are there treatments available? How common is it? So ADA SKID stands for adenosine deaminase severe combined immune deficiency. So the deficiency of this enzyme that we call ADA produce um, a severe combined immune deficiency, which means that your T cells and B cells, which are essential to defend yourself from viruses, bacteria, don't develop. And these patients, these babies, are born without immune system, so any infection that your body can fight 
could be fatal for them. So without treatment, these patients die in the first months of life or the first year of life. It's a, a very rare disease. That means that about 20, 40 patients a year in the U.S. and in Europe are um, born with this disease. And uh, currently, the treatment could be uh, with enzyme replacement therapy. So there is an enzyme replacement therapy that is called PEG-ADA. And they require once or twice a week administrations. It's very expensive. Not all the patients respond to the treatment. So most of the time, this enzyme is used to stabilize the disease and then try to do transplant. Is bone marrow transplant used for these? So bone marrow transplant, uh, ideally from a matched sibling donor, but very few patients are lucky enough to, to have a sibling donor that would match, so 20% of the patients. And if you don't have a sibling, then you have to use partially match or unmatch. And in those cases, the, the response is uh, not as good as with much sibling. You've already been in human patients for the disease. What do we know about it so far? So, so far we have two clinical studies ongoing, one in the U.S. and one in Europe. We have those 35 patients in total. And the study is still ongoing, but these patients are all alive and um, they respond well to the treatment. And um, we need to see, right? We need to, to complete the studies, but it's so far looking very well. As I understand it, there's sometimes a problem using retroviruses to deliver DNA because they can disrupt the DNA and lead to leukemia. Have, have you seen any problems like this with the treatment so far? In our program, we haven't seen any case of insertional mutagenesis. Uh, the lentivirus have a self-inactivating uh, mechanism and a promoter that makes less propense to this type of um, problems. We have some preclinical data that shows that the lentivirus is less propense to um, mutagenesis. You're also developing a gene therapy for the treatment of San Filippo disease type A or NPS3A. Where are you in, in that effort? Uh, we are at preclinical stages. Um, we are in the process of uh, running all the preclinical activities that are necessary before we can start clinical studies. Uh, it's, uh, I think I will take the opportunity to explain that each disease requires a unique vector because I've been having these questions a lot from different patient groups and people who calls us or who sends emails. So it doesn't mean that because you have a vector in, a, in an advanced program as ADA skid, you can use it also for MPS3. And why is that? Because each vector has to have an, a special um, cassette that has the gene that needs to be corrected. So, and not all the vectors behave in the same way. So, for each disease, you need to tailor to get vector. proper delivery. Or... Yeah, exactly. MPS diseases have been treated with enzyme replacement therapy. What makes gene therapy preferable? Is this potentially curative? Well, for MPS3A, uh, there is no enzyme replacement therapy, so the treatment is palliative. This is a very devastating disease. It's rapidly progressive. So we believe 
that if we treat patients earlier enough before the neurological manifestations are in place, we could hold the disease. And we can see this in preclinical models, but we will need to see. It's too early for us to One of the limitations that we've seen with enzyme replacement therapy is getting across the blood-brain barriers. This something that's not a problem in case of Exactly, therapy. exactly. As you said, enzyme replacement therapy could correct the peripheral manifestations of the disease, like liver enlargement or um, other, other type of manifestations. And there are efforts to get enzymes into the brain, but sometimes these are invasive and, and has, haven't been really very successful. In our case, as I explained before, because it's an infusion through IV and then the cells distribute to the body, um, we have some preclinical data that shows that it reached the brain and could potentially correct the disease. And the attempt is that this is going to be once in a, in a timeline infusion, but we don't know. It's just too early. We know uh, by looking at other diseases where they have five years, seven years follow-up, uh, is sustained over time, the effect, but each disease might behave differently. So, you know, we will need to do the study and, and see. One of the challenges of gene therapy has been delivery. How much of a challenge is it to get the, the vector to the, the right location? Uh, I, for, for in our case, because it's ex vivo gene therapy, we don't have those challenges. I think challenges are more when you are using um, direct virus infusion, like the AAV, for example, where you need to uh, get the virus directly into the brain. So what we are attempting is just to use, as I say, I prefer a live infusion or through a central catheter. There are other possibilities, perhaps, but for the moment, this is what we are going to do. Are there other challenges you see? Uh, gene therapy itself is a challenge. As you know, uh, manufacturing is a complex process, and um, the distribution also um, and the reimbursement is something that we are working on. Uh, it's very important to work with um, reimbursement bodies to ensure that patients in the world can have access to this medicine because it's potentially a fantastic therapy. But also we need to be conscious that we need to allow more investment. This field is progressing very rapidly, so we need to really um, have the, um, the opportunity to continue doing more and, and trying to reach other indications where there is no options for treatments. How about in terms of the regulatory front? How comfortable do you find the FDA and other agencies with gene therapy, and is there a clear clinical path? So it's too early for us to say. So far what I can say is that all the agencies have been very collaborative. They are very willing to work with us. They are very interested in these breakthrough therapies, and, um, and we will see how, how we go with it, but it looks, it looks very encouraging. How, in terms of a, a clinical trial endpoint, do you, do you find that they're the same they would be for a non-gene therapy in the same disease, or are you having to think about ways of demonstrating that these genetic changes have taken hold or that there's an adequate population of cells? We are currently working with, as you know, the, the main experts in the field in, in for example, MPS3A and SKID. Uh, for MPS3, we are um, working together also with regulatory agencies, and very soon we will ask... Uh, uh, patient advocacy groups also to contribute on uh, 
deciding which are the, the best endpoints. I don't think we will need a specific endpoint for gene therapy. I think it's just to ensure we find right endpoint for, for the disease. Um, and, and we are working on it all together. Andrea Spetsi, Chief Medical Officer of Origin Therapeutics. Andrea, thanks so much for your time. Today. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.